The following episode is rated E for explicit and contains language that may not be suitable for everyone. Discretion is advised. Welcome to the club, man. Here is failure to communicate. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. This is the worst day of my life. Worst day of your life so far. He's looking at you, kid. There's no crying in baseball! I'm gonna make him an offer again with you. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. To infinity and beyond! Hello and welcome to episode 43 of the Heritage Film and Economics Club. On this episode, we discuss subprime mortgages, synthetic collateralized debt obligations, credit default swaps, and the 2015 biographical comedy drama, The Big Short. Mike, roll the trailer. Michael, how are you? I found something really interesting. The whole housing market is propped up on these bad loans. They will fail. The housing market is rock solid. It's a time bomb. So Mike Burry, who gets his hair cut at Supercuts and doesn't wear shoes, knows more than Alan Greenspan. Dr. Mike Burry, yes he does. You know what? I'm pissed off. American people are getting screwed by the big banks. And I am getting madder and madder. It's unbelievable. Then this guy walks into my office and says, There's some shady stuff going down. All the banks were having a big old party. A few outsiders saw what no one else could. The whole world economy might collapse. I'm sure the world's banks have more incentives than greed. You're wrong. No one's paying attention. The banks got greedy. And we can profit off of their stupidity. You want to bet against the banks? I think we're either high or having a stroke. Kind of brilliant. Fraud has never, ever worked. Eventually, things go south. When the hell did we forget all that? How can the banks let this happen? It's fueled by stupidity. But that's not stupidity, that's fraud. Tell me the difference between stupid and illegal and I'll have my wife's brother arrested. (laughs) (laughs) You have any idea what you just did? You just bet against the American economy. If you're wrong, you can lose it all. The banks are defrauded for the American people. Now we can kick him in the teeth. Okay, here we go. You target strippers with bad loans. Mm -hmm. And they're all cash rich. Not going to be able to refinance. On all my loans? What do you mean all your loans? I have five houses and a condo. In the mid-2000s, some savvy investors discover the U.S. housing market is on the brink of collapse. Together, they decide to bet against the housing market and take advantage of the impending global economic meltdown. 
Welcome again to the Heritage Film Club. My name is Jared, and I'm joined, as always, by club members Brian. Hello. Clayton. Hello. And before we go any further, Jared, I just want to know, how are you going to fuck us over? <laughs> oh, don't worry. It's um, it's all in your best interest. I'm going to okay, be very rich. Just, I just want to make sure that you're not going to fuck us over. <laughs> no, I'm not going to fuck you over. No. Um, one person that may be fucked over right now is uh, Mike, who was away with a virus, some some virus, I'm not sure. If you guys know, some sort of virus, you think? Don't no know. virus it is. <laughs> well, yeah, Mike isn't here. Um, so it's not cancellation? No, he Just wasn't cancelled this time. Um, no, um, sickness has cancelled him this time. Um, but the rest of us are here. And, uh, get well soon. Get well Who's soon, Mike. Dead? So, uh, big short, um, it was based on the real-life global financial crisis of 2008. Um, it is the second film um, from our podcast, directed by Anchorman director Adam McKay. Um, stars Christian Bale, Brad Pitt, Ryan Gosling, and Steve Carell, as well as a bunch of other cameos. It is based on a book uh, named The Big Short, Inside the Doomsday Machine, which was written by Michael Lewis, who also wrote Moneyball and The Blind Side. has a runtime of 130 minutes, a budget of $50 million, a box office of $133.4 million, which I think um, the characters in the movie would be quite proud of that return. Hmm. Um, any guesses, uh, Rotten Tomatoes, on the critics and the audience? I reckon pretty even on this one. Yeah, because I want to say it's a critics movie, but the audience, like they've broken it down for the audience to understand. Hmm. So I think it's even. You guys are basically spot on. Um, critics, 89, and audience, 88. So oh. quite high and pretty much in line with each other. So well done. Well, I first said the numbers, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, how's everyone feeling after watching this? Are you feeling informed, like you learned something? Feeling a little bit a little bit angry at the world in the, the banking sector? Um, Brian, do you want to give your thoughts first? Well, I was a little bit worried from your intro that there was going to be a quiz. Yes, um, um, yeah. Um, I, I want you to, to – we need to confirm that everyone understands exactly um, what synthetic collateralized debt obligations are. So, Brian? I didn't understand a damn thing. <laughs> Hold up. Is that the Selena Gomez one? Yes, I think that was the Selena yeah, Gomez that's one. That's the bet on the bet on the bet on the bet on the bet, and it continues. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, yeah. <laughs> you got it right. Well, I'm feeling very intimidated right now. Um, I love the numbers. No, I every single piece of the financial stuff in this baffled the crap out of me. Um, but in spite of that, I really, really enjoyed the movie. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I well, it gets points immediately it? for not being Wolf of Wall Street. I'm going to put that out there right now. Yes, very different movie. Very different movie. Um, yeah, a little more. Complex in a different way. Lots of numbers. Really interesting story. Really interesting characters and performances. And you please don't ask me anything about how anything financial works because I've got nothing. No, I think I'll go to Clayton with my investments since uh, he seems to to fully understand it. Yeah, um, I'm assuming that at least at least Clayton would. Mm-hmm. How, how was the Bitcoin, Clayton? <clears throat> Not too good. <laughs> Not too good at the. Uh, but what do you think of the movie, though? 
Oh, this movie is awesome. It, I went into this blind because you said not to Google anything. So I watched it. And then I'm sitting there watching it going, hey, I think this is real life. And then at the end of it, it had the what the people do now at the end of it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is actually based on real life. And then I ended up on a YouTube rabbit hole about, yeah, I think about the yeah. guy. And I was like, this is crazy. This is like real life. Yeah, it's definitely one of those movies that you can really go down the rabbit hole of. Like I found myself wanting to, to sort of look up everyone in this movie. Um, I mean, obviously some, some of the characters are real. Some are based on other people, but um, yeah, I definitely went down that rabbit hole as well. But the actual bit of taking it against the house mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. them just laughing all the way to the bank going, sweet as man, you just pay the premiums on your bet and we'll take your money until shit hit the fan. I was like, holy crap, this is crazy. Yeah, it's definitely a satisfying payoff. The whole scene of him um, writing on the whiteboard and just walking out of the office. Yeah. Oh, it was like, I really enjoyed this. And I want to say also like Wolf of Wall Street, it had strippers in it. I was, I was like, yes, strippers. Ooh, this had a stripper. A stripper with um, who owned five houses. But the reason I got excited about the stripper wasn't about. Well, not that sort of podcast, Clayton. No, no, no. It wasn't about the Wolf of Wall Street. It's because an article came out, I think it was via the New York Times, like a week ago or two weeks ago, saying that the strip clubs in America, like in real life, Nobody's going, and that's how they're basing the start of the recession on it. Um, because money, yeah, yeah, because there's not there's no money to to give strippers and stuff, and supposedly it's a thing in real life. And I'm like, wow, it's like uh, basing um, global economy on Big Macs, um, price of Big Macs in different countries, except it's for strippers this time. <laughs> No, but it's a, it's a real life thing, supposedly. And I was like, oh, that's quite cool because I would just read this in like the New York Times or whatever, whatever article it was on in real life. And I was like, oh, cool. We got so strippers. Your discretionary income is, is low. Strippers yes. first to go. Yeah, pretty much. All about priorities. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, what, what I think the best thing you can say about this movie is it makes mortgages a storyline about mortgages, super enthralling and exciting. Like the whole way through, I'm just like, this is so exciting when the subject matter isn't on the surface, something that seems really exciting, but it's just building up and building up to that whole climax at the end. You're just like following it the whole way through, Mm -hmm. um, which is, it's not an easy thing to do about um, a movie about this subject. No, I I found the same. I was just sort of getting really quite wound up about where is this going and and how are all these guys going to make out? Mm. You know what decisions do they make and all that kind of thing, and, mm-hmm. and I was kind of questioning myself at the same time, going, "Why are you so interested in this?" Because if on paper, if I'd look at this and go, you know, if, if you'd said to me, "This is what this is about," I'd go, "Okay, this will be a thing to watch," and it was way more captivating than I anticipated, and, and, and be much more enjoyable than I thought it was going to be. Um, mm-hmm. From the subject matter, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was some um, it was pretty. And, and quite satisfying, as you say, the the payoff for, for the end of it, apart from the fact mm-hmm. that the big banks didn't go to jail. Yes, that, that mm-hmm. was, um, yeah, 
I think that's the, the bit that gets you quite angry is that whole yeah. realization that one guy went to prison, nothing changed. It's still going on. Um, possibly more relevant today as it looks like we're on the edge of something similar. Um, yeah. Mm. That's not very satisfying. Scarily so. What I also found really interesting with this movie was um, Brad Pitt's character mm-hmm. and also his comment where, you know, when they made the deal in Vegas mm. and everybody's like, yeah, the two guys are, you know, hooting and hollering and he's just like, stop. Mm. Because, like, it's cool mm. that if you win because you're going against the house – but if you win, everybody else loses. And then yeah. you see that at the end, you're like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking about that as well. Like, that's, I think, probably past the halfway point in the movie. And that's the first time anyone mentions how everyone's actually going to be affected by this. Mm, yeah. yeah. It's just, yeah. they're talking about the fraud and how they're going to make money. But then you get to that one point more than halfway through. And when someone's like, yeah, this is going to really, like, really like ruin a lot of people's lives and then the scene at the end also the like when it does happen and they take the pass and they go inside the wall street bank Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. to see what's going on and see the somewhat chaos i was like that's quite powerful too yeah Mm. there's the bit where you see the Various other characters popping up, and, and for me, it was a little heavy-handed the way that that was done. And you see the, those poor people living in their car. It was the guy mm-hmm. who was worried about his landlord because he had, yes, mm-hmm. the landlord hadn't been had you know he'd been paying the rent, and the landlord was in trouble. And the guys going to the job fair and all that kind of thing. But it was also a point well made at the same time is that he, there's your consequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's even your the point. even felt a little bit sorry for the douchebag mortgage brokers. <laughs> Yeah, that ended up at the job fair at the end of the movie. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you know they fucked over people, mm-hmm. but they got screwed over too because everybody just went belly under. Mm. Yeah. I, I found that really conflicting. So I was having that thought about forty-five minutes in as well. You know that the whole that thing of wait a second, these are kind of and I couldn't even call them the good guys in my head. They're the main characters, if you like, they're the ones that you follow. Um, and even Gosling's character was likable, even though the guy was mm-hmm. no. He was who he was, um, mm-hmm. you know. Looking at going, but and these are the good guys. But if they win, then all these other people lose, and it was a really con- conf- conflicting, uh, conflicting way to to listen to it, to, to watch the bigger pattern, to you know, to see. Yeah, like I guess you're you're cheering against the banks. You're cheering against these mm-hmm. these guys who are committing this fraud, as it basically is. But at the end mm-hmm. of the day, they a lot of people lose their jobs, but the guys at the top don't really lose. They just start over again. And do it a different way, and yeah, just everyone helps. Pretty much, they they do, and and you cheer against them, or you you're against the bank so much when you're getting into those scenes where they're talking about how how they are rigging that system, mm-hmm. and it becomes clear that even to these these two naive guys working out of the garage, sort of thing, you know, and and it just the the bank position gets worse and worse and worse, and then it just compounds the fact that in the end they're still going to get away with it. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 really it's a really difficult one to difficult concept to wrap your brain around. I think that's what I love. Oh, sorry. There you go. You go. Yeah. As I said, that's what I loved about Steve Carell's character, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where you know he's going to. They put this bit down. They go travel to find out what exactly is happening, and the more and more he gets into it, the more and more he has a dislike for it. 
And then even at the end, where it's time to pull the pin to sell, he he's still at odds in relation to everything because it's yeah. just the humanity side of things mm-hmm. that's tr- doing him over, going like, if we do this, this is what happens. It's crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And he's got people that he's got a responsibility for, and you can see how much it hurts him and mm. how difficult it is. You know, I, I thought Steve Carell was fantastic in this, and he's got the most grounded character. Yeah, I think that's, yeah. I made a comment last week when I said that we were going to be watching this, that mm-hmm. it was actors playing characters who aren't, I guess, their normal their normal role. I mean, yeah. obviously, uh, when, you, when you think of Steve Carell, the first thing you think of is The Office, which is a completely different character to this, but I think he pulled it off really well. Um, and I think he, um, I read a, that he wasn't really considered for this role until um, Adam McKay, the director, watched the movie Foxcatcher which right. is another serious role for Steve Carell, where he's, mm. he's a wrestling coach. And I guess that, that got in this role to show he can do this type of movie as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I guess he probably hasn't done too many serious roles like this, but I think, yeah, he was probably the standout to me. Yeah, I know I, um, Christian Bale, I think he, he, was, he was nominated for an Oscar for this, but um, Steve Carell was probably my MVP. He became a more solid character, I thought, the further in that they went, and, and mm. not even mm. just when they get to the point where he find, he's finally talking about his his brother. Because the way he starts, he just walks into the room and he he completely derails the therapy session. Yes, because that's the first it's, time you meet him, eh? Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, and it's a really oh, good way to set up a character not to be likable. Mm-hmm. And then, he, but he he kind of becomes the pivot. He's the it's kind of in a weird way the moral heart. Because he's the one who who feels it the most, but his, just mm. the way he puts it across, you know, Mark Baum, it's just thinking, you know, you stand up in the middle of a meeting or or a presentation, he's just asking these questions, then the phone goes and off he goes, and it's just really difficult to, <laughs> to grasp. Yes, but really captivating at the same time, and and if he, he's kind of the everything revolves around him, and and he gets the biggest impact at the end. Mm. Really I think he played, him. yeah, he like played really well as those scenes where you can see the like frustration is just bubbling mm-hmm. up inside him and he just wants to scream. Mm-hmm. Like there's the yeah. scene with the guy um, in Vegas who's um, explaining those um, synthetic CDOs. And oh, where they're having dinner one-on-one, the Asian fella. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you yep. can see that's just like his absolute tipping point where he can't take it anymore. He is, He hates everyone basically and he plays that so well. Yeah. And you're and from everything else up to that point, I'm sitting there expecting him to completely go off, mm-hmm. and he doesn't. He, and he, he holds it in, and he doesn't, and he holds it, and he's. I have to go now. Mm. And gets up and walks out, and I thought that was that was fantastically well. I done. I did really like the scene um, in Vegas when they're in that um, the 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 room with um, the guy speaking at the convention, and he just sticks his hand up, asks yeah. the questions, yeah, and it has that little like breaking the fourth wall, saying he actually did this. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'd yeah, love to have been in the room when, when something like that happens. Um, I love that little call out too and those kinds of things and the mm. where they, they would do that fourth ball break, which I thought it's probably really easy to get wrong. I thought that was a real mm-hmm. standout in, the, in this movie, how they did that. Yeah. And those kinds of things you know, drew me in even further. It would be easy to break to break you out of it. And you guys really did that. And I'm just going, you're kidding me. And then the scene continues. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I think um, – when we did I, Tonya, there was some similar sort of um, scenes where it was like mm-hmm. sort of breaking the fourth wall and saying, yeah. oh, this actually happened. But mm-hmm. yeah, did you guys like the, I guess the, the celebrity cameos, like the, the Margot Robbie in the bathtub 
besides it being Margot Robbie on a bathtub, did you like <laughs> the the idea of, of something like that? Or it was, it was weird. It, it kind of it was it was an odd little thing to drop in and go, oh, okay, this mm-hmm. is how that happens now. And then they just kept coming up, and you almost start to look forward to the next one. I, th- I thought it was um, it was a pretty cool way to do it. Yeah, I still yeah. didn't understand the finance, but the cameras yeah. were good. Yeah. Um, I think because the second time I watched it, I think the first time I watched it, I was just it was over my head. I think I, I understood it a little bit better this time. Um, I think they they sort of do a a good job of like hmm. dumbing it down, I guess, to so pe- people yeah. can understand what's actually L- happening. Layman's terms, I think, yeah. it, was, it was useful way to, to introduce it to. You say Salim mm. Gomez and and um, the chap whose name completely escapes me. Um, at the at the blackjack table mm. was Anthony Bourdain and all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember the Anthony Bourdain one where he was talking about people don't want the old fish, so we just use it in something new. Mm. It's mm-hmm. fish stew. And then we just label it as something else and the banks mm. take it. I was like, mm. what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it, it was a really weird style. Um, I think um, Adam Adam McKay, who does this sort of movie, which it's quite weird actually, he's done, so he's done this, he did the new um, Winning Time, which is the, the, the TV series about the Lakers. Um, he's done Vice, which was the, the Dick Cheney movie. But then he's also done uh, Anchorman 1 and 2, um, Talladega, Talladega Nights, and I think the other guys, which is it's quite a, um, a broad spectrum, I guess, of, um, of films that he's done. Uh, Don't Look Up as well, which is the recent one on Netflix. Ah, oh, right, yes. Okay. Yeah, is it? Um, um, one thing I, I read today that I, I didn't really realize, and there's that scene at the end with, with Steve Carell's character where he's on the phone and he says, sell, he's, he's on top, on a rooftop. Yep. yep. Which is, I, I don't know if it's some, it definitely has to be intentional after what happens to his brother, which is explained at the start of the movie, jumping off a building. I don't know. some sort of like symbolism of. Him losing all faith and oh, starting okay. to go up on the roof. I as thought. Well. Oh, I see what you mean. I thought he was going to jump off too, mm. because because the scene prior, you see him have that breakdown and open up about his brother, mm. and I was like, "Oh shit, he's going to say sell and then jump off and then die." I was like, "Oh, I hope not," because because by that time, I was invested. Yeah, I think he just sort of <laughs> accepted it by then. It, it was quite sad as well when he's finally sort of, I guess, opening up to his wife in that scene about hmm. the whole the whole thing with his brother, where his brother came came to him with problems and said, "Do you want money?" And it was him realizing that's pretty much everyone cares about. Yeah, I thought that was a mm. really in a real a heartbreaker of a piece of dialogue just to encapsulate the whole thing in one go. He says, my, my brother came to me, he said he was having dark thoughts and I offered him money. And that yeah. was his first yeah. response. Yeah, oh. that's as his first response. And you, and yeah, and, and then even, even that late in the piece, you start to understand him a little better and go, okay. Mm. Yeah. You understand why he does what he does. Understand exactly why he does what, what he does and why he's so intense about it and, mm. and the impact on people. Mm-hmm. For sure, yeah. And I'm guessing also that's part of the reason, you know, when like he was in the meeting, he asked the questions and then his phone goes off and it's his, well, you're guessing it's his wife, right? Mm-hmm. I wonder oh. if that's why he's like that, where it's like, okay, 
his wife calls all my attention is now on the wife because I've mm-hmm. been through this with my brother and just mm-hmm. flopped him off and, you know, it turned into tragedy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. There's even, because there's a bit at, at the start where he's, I think he's going into his office and he's, the, the woman from, I think it's the, the, the JP Morgan bank is walking out and um, he asks her, oh, how, how's, um, I heard you're pregnant. And she's like, yeah, yeah, we're trying. And he just sort of is like, oh, okay, yeah, great. And walks in. Sort yeah. of wanting to end that conversation straight away. But at the end of the movie where he goes into the bank and everyone's leaving with, with boxes because they've got no job anymore. And he just sits down and says, oh, he sees the photo of the baby and just wants to talk about it. So he's sort of understanding her situation and that's sort mm-hmm. of a development in his character where he yeah. recognizes the important things. Yeah, and his is really the only character that does, I think. Mm. Changes from, from go to woe. Even the, you know, the, the two young guys, mm. and and a bit where where was it Ben Brad Pitt's character calls them out as you say mm-hmm. you know, before. I don't know. They've clearly their lives have changed because you see the blurb about them at the end of it. But within it, they're all kind of they're still pretty much who they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe a little less naive, but no one really has as much of, a, of an of an arc. They, mm. they are all pretty much as they mm. as they began. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Even Brad Pitt's character, he's yes, sort of similar. From the start, he's sort of uh, disillusioned from that whole sector, but he's just doing it to help the guys out. He's yeah. been there and done that, and he understands the whole thing. Yeah, I, f- I found that character a little weird. He's sort of he's he's kind of a means to an end. Mm. I guess all of the characters are, but th- this really he's he's a little bit under underdone as a character, mm-hmm. but he serves a purpose. I found him so, interesting. Yeah, it, it feels like there's more to be had. Yeah. For, for that character, yeah. I did find it quite funny, him um, at the airport with the mask on, and he's like sort of nods to the other guy wearing the mask, whereas mm. obviously today it's a whole different um, <laughs> sort of situation and what mm. you think about that. Um, yeah, I thought that was that was quite yeah. funny. I had to second guess that too because I was like, he's got a mask on, nod to the other guy, and mm. I was like, Where's everybody else's mask? And I was like, yeah. oh, wrong time frame. Whoops. <laughs> yeah, you're, like, you're, you're so used to it now that, um, but back then it's just like such a weird thing to do. And he's like seeing this other guy wearing it's like, oh, yeah, you know. He was way before his time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No more movies with germaphobes in them as central characters anymore because, well, yeah. Yeah. It's not uh, a thing anymore. Uh, uh, what do you guys think of um, Christian Bale's character? One of the. The, the real people in this movie, who's Michael Berry is a, is a real person and um, did predict all of this. And made a lot of money too. Made a lot of money. Four, 489% return. Yeah. And I found it interesting on my rabbit hole I went down mm-hmm. is that even the investors that made money still weren't that happy. And mm-hmm. I was like, wow, crazy. Yeah, what he made? I made something like four hundred million for the for the one guy who kept telling him, telling me it was crazy for doing it. Yeah, he made him four hundred million dollars. <laughs> yeah, and the guy just yeah, fully balled him out in in the office. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I'm a big fan of Christian Bale. I love mm-hmm. watching him and all sorts of things. And one of the things I find really interesting about him is that he he never plays a really simple character. I think there's always something going on. Yeah. It's, and, he, and he does both of the, the, the ones where it's either it's really right out there in front of you, like Michael Burry. Mm-hmm. It's very clear what, what you know, 
how he's playing him, if you like, or you get some characters which are, there's more subtlety to it. But I think Bale always does it really, really well. And so I think he, he's quite terrific in that. Yeah, because obviously he's a really interesting character. He's like, I guess he's a quite quite socially awkward. Mm-hmm. And um, he, he Christian Bale, he did spend a lot of time with the real Michael Berry to sort of gauge him as a person. Oh, it would wow. be interesting. Yeah, he, um, it would be interesting to sort of see what he is like in real life, to see how close Christian Bale got to him, because it's, it's quite a, like, yeah interesting character with a lot of quirks. Yeah, a lot of it was mannerism and, and things, and, and given that he's effectively acting, what's well, all one set for him, mm-hmm. once he's speaking in the one in the one room, mm-hmm. all the things he's doing, it has to be just just the same mannerisms and and ways of speaking and all that kind of thing. I, I thought that was really interesting. Mm. I felt really bad for him a lot of the time. Yeah, because no one believes him, and he was copying so much crap from from his investors and all these other these yeah. other people. And you really want him to get some kind of win at the end. You do, and he, and he, and yeah, and and you do. You know, he gets it because he comes out and he puts that massive number on the board, mm-hmm. and and that's kind of his punch the ear moment. Yeah, and, and he doesn't really get that. Yeah, and like I guess because f- for him the whole thing is so simple. Like he sees, oh, oh this yeah. is going to happen. Like he just like he, he knows said it, it was. And yeah, he knows did. it, but it's so hard for him to explain to everyone else that this is going to happen. Mm. It's a certainty. You just got to believe me. And in the end, I guess it pays off, but I guess it must be frustrating for him because, because he knows what's going to happen. Yeah. Like that, that when he's talking about, well, how did you know, you know, these reports and all these lines, well, I read them. Yeah. But he's looking like he acting like he's insane that you would read all of that detail. (sighs) Yeah, look at like every single mortgage and these mm-hmm. and these massive funds. But yeah. Yeah, I guess he he understood it before everyone else. Yeah. And then there's that whole line at the end of how he he wanted to go to the go to people in the government and say, "Here, here's how I figured it out. Here's the signs I saw, and nobody really cared." And nothing. Yeah, I don't know. All they wanted to do was to audit him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What the crap? Oh mm-hmm. man. It's um. I- I love how how diverse that's the word I want uh, the characters are in this because they're all sometimes like they're in different movies. Yeah, you know, the, the kind of the character you got from Michael Berry, and then you've got mm. um, Michael Baum, and you've got Steve Carell's character. Yeah, and, and even he, Ryan like, um, character. Sorry, because yeah, like Michael Berry, he's not in a scene with any of the other no, main no. characters in this movie. It's all mm. completely separate. Yeah, he got, he got his own sort of parallel storyline, and and each of them, yeah, Ryan Gosling's character, whose name completely escapes me at the moment. Yeah, the, the guy's just a dick, but it completely works. He plays it so well because it's, it's exactly as that's meant to be to to pull everybody else together. I think he's um, good as the as the narrator of the movie as well. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going. Is he real? Is he an actual character? Did he really make that big check at the end? Yeah, I think he's he's based off a real. Of a real person, sure, okay. but not uh, same name, same company as as Michael Burry is. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I say so, so I like the the way that you know central characters they're all together, and I was thinking about it, and all of, a lot of the the peripheral characters, the other ones who kind of just move things along. <clears throat> excuse me, they they painted kind of broad, like the the mortgage broker guys that you talked about. Those guys mm-hmm. are jerks. Yeah, oh yeah, they're just very, awful. very they're, they're plainly awful. Yes, like very why are they confessing? <laughs> it's like, no, they're bragging. Yeah, they're not convincing. They're bragging. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 was, it was all those characters like that who who are 
you know, they're only in it for a little bit. And so they, they paint it as broad as possible just so that you go, these, these are more people profiting off this. And it just builds that kind of faceless enemy a little bit bigger. And then they, they mm. kind of get their comeuppance at the end, which I say it was still a little bit heavy handed for me. Mm. when you see them walking through the job fair and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I like the way that even because the, the side characters are so kind of out there in that way, mm then it makes the other char- the central characters even more real, I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even yeah. like the, the woman at, at S&P with mm-hmm. the, the big glasses that makes her look like she's blind. Mm. Um, and yeah. she, yeah, sort of, I guess that's played up as well, is her understanding, yeah, we're doing something wrong, but we have to do it to, yeah. to make money and stay relevant. Yeah, because if we, if we don't, well, all the other ones are anyway. Mm. They'll just take the business elsewhere. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sort of that. It's disappointing understanding that you've got to be terrible because if you're not, if someone else is going to be anyway. Yeah. So everybody, yeah, kind of the well, everybody else is doing it, so of course we're doing it, Mm -hmm. which is never a good argument for anything, particularly in this. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I did like how even in that way, the I mean, if you go the banks, sort of quotation marks, they're they're the enemy in this, still kind of the faceless enemy. And everybody else is real, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, there's even that over top, over the top scene, I guess, where where Michael Berry goes goes into the bank at the start, and he's mm-hmm. explaining how he wants to do this whole um, credit default swap thing, mm-hmm. and he leaves the bank, and these guys are just like like evil, laughing at him, basically. Yeah, yeah. So over the top, one by I one, guess, eh? Yeah, but I guess um, yeah, it works. You start to hate them. And hope, hope they lose. Yeah, you create that divide, and then until you get that realization in the middle and go, wait on, these mm-hmm. guys are going to be impacting people too if they win. Mm-hmm. Again, quotation marks. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a very conflicting story. It's, it's uh, seriously well told. I, I really enjoyed the way all of this hung together with all of those elements and the the fourth wall and the cameos and all that, and it's it's going to drop everything in there, and it works. Mm-hmm. It just comes together. Mm. Yeah. Um, we do have some feedback from Mike. Uh, couldn't make it, but he did watch the movie, and he was nice enough to give us his his uh, thoughts on the movie. Does everyone want to hear it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so first, he said um, it has Margot Robbie in a bubble bath, which uh, gives this movie an automatic two for him. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> everyone else felt that way as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> But he, he did did expand on that. He said, uh, "Great cast with top performances all around." I think we all agree with that. Very much. Um, so. Everything was on point: writing, directing, acting. Way the writers used the breakaway breakaways with celebrities to explain stuff was a great idea, and love the fourth wall breaking. Um, yeah, I think we we agree that that worked. It was a nice sort of escape. I, I found it almost like like documentary filmmaking. Some of it. Um, hmm. I guess obviously, um, they used shots of real life um scenes and and i think there were some real life news scenes as well which is like yeah yeah interesting way of filmmaking like it goes against the norm but yes adam mckay does that sort of thing um yeah so, uh, yeah in terms of scene setting and, and that what, what were you talking about that and, and the, the way that there were there was all those montages of images mm. of the time and all that kind of thing i thought that was really well done that seemed really yeah to me yeah, because I guess he's showing that all of this is going on, everything is about to collapse, but I guess us regular people don't really care. 
there's all these other insignificant things that are more important to us than mm. this <laughs> incoming <laughs> economic meltdown. Yeah, which no one understands, or to, at least I didn't. No, <laughs> I guess we still don't fully understand it. Um, no. Mike said, um, Adam McKay is like a bipolar director that he can make these amazing movies based in fact, yet highly entertaining and can find the right amount of comedy to inject in the right way, but then also go off and make something like Anchorman, Talladega Nights and the like. Uh, so <laughs> something we brought up as well. Um, uh, he said, it's very inter- interesting to me and Brad Pitt was amazing. So I guess Brad Pitt is his um, MVP of the movie. Okay. Interesting. I, get- I, I didn't get that. Hmm. It's the conspiracy, man. <laughs> yeah, I. He's be, he's worked in the organization. He's walked away from the organization, knowing how corrupt it is, mm-hmm. and doesn't want a part of it. It's legit. Yeah, mm. it's it's legit. I've, I've I've declared my my bafflement at Brad Pitt on the podcast before. Um, I I'm always really aware that Brad Pitt is Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. He just always seems Brad Pitt to me. Like it's these kind of the the opposite of Bale for me and that Bale, he was just looks like different people. Mm. Oh, okay. He, he, he's very different people in this. I thought, well, Brad Pitt with well, the character that he played, I thought he played him really well. I wouldn't have called him my MVP by any means. I just thought there was more to be had. He just seemed like a character that moves things along to get those two young guys into the, into the narrative. They were annoying. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it's just, so this is just a side note, really that Brad Pitt kind of baffles me. And I'm, I just always know that he's him. Mm-hmm. And then he wasn't in it for long, and I was kind of pleased and enjoyed all of the others. Yeah, I, I don't know if he's just sort of in there as to show what the industry can sort of do to a person. That he was in in that sector for so long, and now mm. he's this conspiracy theorist yeah. Um, yeah. guy like, living he, he, off he, of basically a, like a farm lifestyle, I guess. I guess, yeah, doing a deal in a pub. To sell eighty million, yeah. Mm-hmm. With with the, Wi-Fi, yeah. Yeah, with the guys in the pub absolutely hating them because <laughs> yeah. everyone hates the bankers now. Yes, it could have been interesting. You could have told this this movie potentially from from his character's point of view, and have him as the linchpin character, and say, "Well, how did you get so disillusioned?" And then dive him into that, which would be another way. Maybe you could have told this one. Um, mm. I think it works better the way that it does, but I, I just feel like there was more going on there. It's probably an interesting story to be had under that. I just I didn't see it. Mm. Yeah. Also, his um his second movie um um movie based on a book written by Michael Lewis because he was of course in, in Moneyball. Yeah, which is um yeah another book, another though. movie um, based on a book by the guy who wrote this book. Mm. Which is another weird um, subject as well, because if you look at this and go, well, a movie about the global financial crisis, and then well, mm-hmm. a movie about picking baseball teams based upon on analytics, yeah, yeah, which works significantly better than probably should do. Excellent mm-hmm. book, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting one. To you wouldn't really if you you think you, you're going to go watch someone says, oh, let's go watch a movie about subprime mortgages. Um, <laughs> I don't think many, many people are going to want to go along to that. Mm. But yeah, done, done perfectly, I think. Yeah, wonder what the advertising was like for this because how do you pitch a movie like that? You have to without giving away all the cameos and all of that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how you'd play. You'd have to go go into it like it's a um, like a, a comedy, I guess. Mm. 
I guess we'll find out. Trailer plays at the start of this podcast. Um, we'll, yes. we'll see how they did market it. Mm. You'd have to do it cautiously as well because a lot of people would have lost money. Yeah. And jobs and shit throughout this mm. period, like in real life. Mm-hmm. So you, you can't poke fun at it. Yeah, exactly. And you don't want to be touching a nerve where it turns people off it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But I, it's all, uh, well, pe- people went and watched it. Um, I mean, it made $150 million. Mm. But it's, I think it's probably also a movie that you can keep going back to. Like, obviously, it's based on the, of 2008, but um, in the last couple of years, um, I know Clayton, you followed along the, the whole GameStop thing. Oh um, yeah. When when that happened, a lot of people turned back to this movie. It's I guess, similar sort of themes as as the man sort of like screwing everyone over. Making have you movies. seen the documentary behind that? I haven't I know, seen it, but I, I know, know it's when, off topic. Yeah, but. I, but I know when that happened, a lot of people went back and watched this movie, and it became more relevant because it's the similar sort of themes and people wanted to watch this again because the documentary for the wall street bets that it was a good documentary just to break down the basics of what happened and to a degree it 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 is very similar in the sense that Mm. the big people and the big organizations are going no where everybody else just rallied together and was like you know what we're sick of you guys Mm -hmm. we're just gonna do it for ourselves. Yeah, I guess that's the beauty of this movie is that it doesn't even just have to be about 2008. It's going to be something that unfortunately just repeats over and over again. And you could just make a movie like this about something else that's going to happen in the future that could be happening right now. Pretty much. Yeah, as long as it's still possible to do it, then they'll continue <laughs> to do it. Yes. I mean, you know, yeah. that, that kicker in the, the text bit at the end, the bank's marketing another... Mm-hmm. Um, another, another product and effectively it's a it's, it's a cdo yeah and they had that they even had that scene similar i know wolf wall street um i think wolf wall street ends on on i can't remember the the, the leonardo, leonardo dicaprio's character mm-hmm. doing that um conference at the end yeah. Yeah. and this movie ends in a similar way um saying oh how how can we profit off this these um people in this industry acting like nothing happened. Oh, we just got to get back going again in some other scheme. It's just like a, a nonstop cycle. Yeah, it just keeps going. Repackage it, call it something else. Everybody moves on. Everybody yeah. makes money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely preying on, in all honesty, people like me who don't understand it. Yeah, and I guess people who who were in, in, in that life and then lost out on all their money and then just want to believe in something again and they get sucked into whatever they're selling at the end of this movie. Mm. And it just goes on and on. Yeah. And you know what the sad thing is? Is that everybody's parents, grandparents, always told everybody, put the money in the bank, do everything mm-hmm. via the bank, because that's yeah. the safest place to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they even say at the end, like people, they lost all their, their savings, they lost their pensions, they lost everything. Um, and, and no fault, no fault of their own either. No, not at all. And then, mm. and then all the, all the banks got the big bailouts and just used it to to give themselves big bonuses and not really help anyone at all. Yeah, one man went to jail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. How do, how would you feel if you know everyone's doing this and you're the one guy that goes to jail? You're the scapegoat of the whole thing. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It, 
It do it would do your head in something chronic. Yeah, it's, yeah because it's, it'd be two <coughs> twofold. Sorry. Yeah. One, you'd do your time, but you'd be looking over your shoulder all the time mm-hmm. because you know everybody else has got away with it, and you know that they know that you know that you've got dirt on everybody. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This isn't a movie that you're going to feel good about. You might enjoy the movie. You're not going to feel good about the world after watching it. No. Yeah. No. There's, there's no there's no satisfaction at the end of, yeah. of any of this. We're, we're all going to end up like Brad Pitt's character after watching this movie. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, bit of trivia, Brian. I don't know if this is something you picked up on. Uh, Michael Burry's hedge fund company is Sion uh, Capital. Yeah. Do you know where the name comes from? No, no, I don't. So there's a book that he's um, reading in one of the first scenes of the movie, mm. which is a favorite childhood book, is a fantasy oh, series. It's the Shannara book. Yeah, Seons of Shannara. Is, it is um, too. Yeah, oh. I don't know if that was something you would have picked up on. I didn't make the connection between the two of them, but I was looking at trying to figure out what it was that he was reading. Yes, but that that's what he was reading, That what the oh. what, is, what his investment company was. Yeah, did not click. That's cool. Hmm. Um, got some other interesting in- trivia here. We talked about um, Adam McKay. That um, the only reason that Paramount allowed him to do this movie was if he agreed to do a sequel to Anchorman. What? Why? So he, I guess they they wanted him to do Anchorman too. The first one was so successful, they wanted him to do another one. Um, I guess to make a lot more money, and that. Since he did that, they let him make this movie. Wait, is Hollywood all about money too? I know. Oh, man, yeah. I'm disillusioned now. <laughs> uh, um, what else we've got? Um, in terms of um, uh, alternate casting, uh, Adam McKay, he wrote the role of Jared Vennett for Ryan Gosling. Okay. Um Our favourite scene, uh, Margot Robbie in the, the, the bubble bath. <laughs> Um, originally, it was scripted as Scarlett Johansson under a waterfall. Um, the Selena Gomez scene was originally Beyonce uh, with Jay-Z. Oh, that would have been cool. Jay-Z was going to say um, that losing a bet was a hard knock life. Oh. <laughs> that would have been cool. Yes, but yeah, no. Instead of Scarlett and uh, Beyonce and Jay-Z, we got Margot Robbie and Selena Gomez. Well, you lost Work- your two. Yeah, works either way. You've, you've lost your two thumbs because now I'm just thinking Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett, <laughs> Johansson. Uh, Scarlett yeah. under a waterfall. Yeah. Um, no other alternate casting, but right. I don't know. Like we usually say, quite happy with with the cast of this movie and how it all worked out. I liked um, in this movie, I liked, you know, Steve Carell and his firm. Mm. I liked. The three people that he had around him, they all brought different energy to his yeah. firm. I found that really interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, and I guess the, the way they framed it was good as he chose the guys in his firm for a specific reason. Hmm. Yeah. They're, they're all guys who sort of went against the norm and sort of had a grudge, I guess, against the whole, the whole industry. 
all, all with very different outlooks at the yes. same time, though, will bring you something mm. really, really different. And I love the, the one guy who kept talking about how he wanted to go try food at um, all these specific cities because he heard the food was real good. That's all he wanted to do was try food. Cuban restaurants in Miami, yeah. 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 No, no. Um, Yeah. I need to try some Cuban food. Oh, and also, of course, um, Marissa Tomei. Haven't talked about her yet, but she she was in this. Steve Carell's wife. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did anyone think at the start um, – when they were sort of going into why Steve Carell was the way he was, it was because something happened to her. There's that scene where he's like, oh, oh, he's talking about something bad happened to him and he's like on the phone with his wife. But then oh, it okay. turns out it's, it's his brother. It's his brother, yeah. I mean, it automatically just assumes something yeah. happened to his I, wife. I was thinking something like a, um, something like a child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because because she's still there, and I th- I thought perhaps that something had happened to that had had kids or something, and something awful had happened. Yeah, but I didn't I didn't connect it with her though. No, mm. I was assuming child too. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was like a flashback thing where he was on the phone and something's going to happen to her. But yeah, no, it was a brother. Even that was was quite subtly done when the, when it it's revealed that his his brother killed himself, jumped off a building, and even then mm-hmm. it says he stood there. Slump shoulders, the phone's down beside him, and that's all. There's lots of ways you could have done that kind of thing, but I thought that was really nicely handled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he makes mention that he could see his brains. I was like, what? You know, when he yeah. breaks down to the wife? Mm. I was like, when he's describing it, I was like, oh, man, I don't want to know this. Mm. Uh, do you guys like the scenes um, where I guess his – his friends are just sort of going absolutely mental at uh, Ryan Gosling's character, just like screaming at him yes. when they think <laughs> nothing's going to work. And they're just like, yes. <laughs> and then they're like, oh yeah, <laughs> have you got that out of the system? And they all just sort of calm down and mm-hmm. start talking, talking yeah. about what's going on. Yeah. It's, um, and he just sits there and takes it. Yeah. I, I thought some of his bits were really cool. That, that one was a particular one. And when he's in the bathroom and essentially he's telling people to get out of the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Like it's the office. Also, um, so there's the guy that's with him in every scene. I guess his assistant, mm-hmm. who yeah. um, he, he keeps telling him to get away from him and you're standing too close. Mm-hmm. So that guy, yeah, he was originally, he was just an extra on the movie. What? And I guess for one scene they said, oh, go stand next to him. And he ended up being in every single scene he's in is just like oh, the guy on the side is like some sort of comedic relief. So that was completely just, I guess, ad-libbed out of the blue. That they worked him into the movie. That's quite cool. That was great. <laughs> yeah, because nah, he, he was funny. I think he was with him in the gym. He's probably there in the bathroom where, where when he's telling everyone <laughs> to leave. <laughs> oh, the Jenga tower. <laughs> yes, they're nice at all. Oh, what, what, can everyone smell that? <laughs> Opportunity? No, it's money. <laughs> like he didn't brief him first on what this, what this whole talk was going to be. Uh, oh, classic! Yeah, very funny movie. It was. Have you got any any final thoughts before we before we wrap up? Hmm. Anyone gonna go out and start start investing after watching this movie, or get in, get into the banking world? I'm wondering whether I should go and rescue my money. If I'm honest with you, <laughs> yeah, uh, withdrawing, withdrawing all your money from the bank as we speak and hiding it on your mattress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I was Googling and um, 
on my rabbit hole that I was going down. So you, they created the phones. Sorry. So the shorts that the gentleman took in the movie, you know, where he's bedded against the house, mm-hmm. they created it for him in real life, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You you can still bet on those to these days, per se, something similar. So they haven't stopped it. They haven't stopped people from doing it. No, it's still available for you to do. On, on similar, not called mm-hmm. the exact same thing because everything's mm-hmm. been restructured, but you can take the overs and the unders now, similar mm-hmm. to that. Crazy, right. eh? I think I read that Michael Burry, he done the same thing with, with Tesla. He had done quite a big um, short, I guess, betting against Tesla. I don't know if he's... He's still doing that now, but I guess he saw the same sort of thing that Tesla was overvalued. People make an income by doing this, just taking the shorts on a lot of companies. They go through their portfolios, see what they're valued at. They read all their balance sheets and go through everything and see who's overvalued and then do the shorts. And that's how people make their money. It's crazy. Mm. Horribly disheartening to think of how much of it is effectively just gambling. Yeah. yeah. And in the scheme of things, it is. And then mm. how much of it is gambling in the other side where you're putting money to invest in the company and they're saying they're worth X, Y, Z, but really mm-hmm. they're not. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Who do you trust? How much can you trust? Yeah, it makes Probably. you feel like exactly. you, can, you really can't trust anyone. Yeah. Uh, wow. Do, do we want to get into some... Some thumb scores? Are we are we there yet? Yeah, let's do some thumbs. I think so. Okay, we've got uh, mics already. Yeah, we've got. I'm assuming he's serious. Yes. So he originally had said (laughs) that um, it was two thumbs, basically for the Margot Robbie scene. Um, but he said, uh, in actuality, yes, two thumbs. Even though some parts still made me feel dumb. So Brian, not alone. Mike was a bit. (laughs) He was a bit confused as well. I genuinely feel better. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Brian, thumbs? One and a half. One and a half. A good solid one and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't I, I can't really articulate where the other half went. I just really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more than I think I should have for a movie with this kind of subject matter, but I think it was so well done. Mm-hmm. Actually, no. I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to two it. I've talked myself into a two while I'm trying to two. rationalize my one and a half. <laughs> Fantastic. Look I'll at that. that. Look, the, mu- the the number changed. Oh, mm-hmm. man. Yeah, the price is going up. The price is going 1. up. 1.5 to 2. <laughs> to 2. Oh, um, and uh, Clayton. Yeah, it's, it's 2 all over this. 2. Um, I'd say watch it and then Google or YouTube September 2008 mm-hmm. and you'll just see – the global financial crisis meltdown in the States and to see how they reacted to it. Because mm-hmm. on YouTube, people put up um, old news clips, mm-hmm. um, like of recordings of it going live, um, especially when the stock market's open on one day and it just keeps on dropping and dropping and dropping and dropping. It's, yeah, interesting watching mm-hmm. to reminisce and look back on. Yeah, that, that was a great scene at the end of the movie as well, where he's where Steve Crowell's character is in that, I guess it's supposed to be a debate with the, with this other guy who's the, the head fund manager. Mm. Yeah. And like in the space of that interview, his, his fund is just dropping, dropping, dropping and everyone walks out 
Yeah, that was, it, yeah. That was crazy. Nice you well. can see some, you know, I'm going to say live TV back then, but it's on YouTube now, yeah. um, just streams of news where it opens and you see it real time and people's reactions and they have, you know, people reacting to it, say, being down minus 100 points, but by the time they finish, it's down by 500 points. So what they've just <laughs> said is irrelevant to everything because the market's just gone bonkers. It's yeah. crazy. Plummeting in real time. Yeah, that was a really effective scene. That was really nicely done. It gives them the biggest serve standing there on the stage. Yeah. At the end of it, you still kind of get the idea that he's he's – He's still trying to tap dance his way out of it, this guy, or just telling mm -hmm. his story. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. of course, of course I would invest. Yeah. I'd invest more. Else to go. Mm -hmm. mm, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I agree. Go watch go watch these YouTube videos. And it's it's good if we can use this podcast to to inform people as well. Give them a little bit of knowledge as well mm -hmm. as entertain. Um but yeah, I think I'll, I'll I'll give it the clean sweep. I'll give it two thumbs as well. I think that's um. Even I can work this one out. I think that's that's a hundred percent. That is a hundred percent. That is a full full collection of thumbs. Well, this movie is officially Yay. officially in line with Commando. I wasn't there. Um, <laughs> no, you weren't. But it was still it officially in line with still Commando. Still hundred percent. Yes, it is. Um, yeah. Um, as as thought provoking as Commando is, um, as down to earth as Commando is, um, yeah. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad everyone liked it. Yeah, that's definitely a great pick. Um, are we going to like our next film as much? Uh, that depends. Um, what is our, our next film going to be? That's the beauty of the mystery of the podcast. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Whose pick is it? It's mine. Oh, let's go. That sound you hear is people bailing out at this point. Um, sell, sell. No. <laughs> We're going a little further back for this one. A little bit of build. Another one which is, is steep, granted very much in reality. Very serious movie, this one. Um, follows the story of one of the greatest rock bands in the world. Kiss. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a documentary of a kind. It's a rockumentary, oh, if you will. Nice. In 1984, it's going to give you four words. Mm -hmm. This is Spinal Tap. Nice. Oh, this is something I, I have never seen, but I've heard a lot about, and I'm, I'm quite me. looking forward to watching it. Riffed on a lot of, riffed on in a lot of different places. I've never seen it. Mm -hmm. Directed by Rob Reiner. There's even a Simpsons connection. There's all sorts of stuff going on in here. Next time around, we're watching the mockumentary, rockumentary. This is Spinal Tap. Nice. Oh, okay. Never seen I, it. I think... Um, I think Mike probably has seen it. I suspect he probably has, so I don't think we're going to get our 100% of, of new viewers, but that's three of us at least. So are you saying Spinal Tap is better than Kiss? Because you, said, you I, said the greatest rock band ever. was possibly being ironic. I don't know. <laughs> Kiss? Oh, okay. We, okay, we're going to get into a rock band debate now, are we? <laughs> I like Kiss. We, 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 we might... Oh, me too. We may just need to set aside a portion of next time round to, to iron this question out. <laughs> Two weeks to research. Yes. <laughs> um, I'll pay that, Clayton, if you sing. Mm -hmm. Your choice of song. Oh, Your choice of Kiss song. I know we, we don't do video, but we uh, you have to do this, the next podcast in full face paint. 
<laughs> well, there are four people in Kiss and four of us. Hang on, wait, yes, final yes, hey, yes. Down this road. Deep okay, road. fine. We'll do Spinal Tap. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one. Some other time we'll do Detroit Rock City. We'll come back to it. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, there we are. Obviously, um, we we had no mic to to give some structure to this podcast, so I think we're all over the place. But I, I have checked the Twitter, and we um, we received one comment on this movie um, from Film Rage, and that was a gif of uh, Christian Bale as Michael Burry with a very awkward laugh and smile. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> so that thank is you. Our, Good that, on that point. That is our audience nice. thoughts on the movie. Nice. Um, and yeah, uh, follow us on Twitter at Heritage Film Pod. Um, what else have we got? We've got a Facebook, Instagram. I can't remember. I can't keep up with it. No, we got Spotify, but I don't know if it's been updated. No, I've got a Spotify. Um, I don't think I added every, anything from the, from the last movie, but, um, I've got an excuse this time to put run the jewels in the, in the playlist. Um, I'm sure both of you know exactly who run the jewels are and are big fans. Um, all over it. Yeah, for sure. But, um, Run the jewels that, that, in the next. That's half of one of my thumbs in this movie. Yes, and 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 the next, um, the next song on the playlist. But yeah, um, I guess tune in next time for where we turn it up to eleven for this is Spinal Tap. <laughs> <laughs> next time, hopefully, we'll have Mike back as well. Maybe he'll mm-hmm. sing. Yeah, I think he'll be recovered from his mystery virus, hmm. and yeah, sing for us, and giving some structure back to this this podcast. <laughs> Structure's overrated. Yeah, it worked out well. <laughs> yeah, we, we've done just the three of us before, and I think it turned out well. Mm-hmm. Anything else? You want to wrap up, or do we just sort of let it fade out before before our stock drops too much? Let it fade out. <laughs> I don't know. Until next time. Thanks for listening. I go in for a scan. Mm-hmm. Turns out I have a very large thing called an epididymis, which is a thing that goes around the ball and is like a sack underneath. I have an extremely pronounced epididymis. I'm riveted. I'm riveted by this. Do you have any it's pictures? It's almost as large as another testicle.